Hi, this is Mark. Thanks for joining me today on Words of Truth podcast. I recently read a report indicating that today, more than ever, including Christians, don't consider the Bible to be reliable, and that more people than ever aren't reading the Bible every day because they don't consider it to be authoritative or to have any relevance for their life. Well, that was concerning to me. So today I want to talk about why we can be absolutely certain that we can put our whole trust in the reliability of the Bible. Furthermore, if we can trust the Bible, then it stands to reason that we should allow our lives to be governed by the truths that we find in it. And we have to read it and memorize it and meditate on it every day so that we can be certain that our lives are aligned to its truths. The first thing is that we can be certain of the reliability of the manuscripts that have been handed down to us from its authors. Now, one of the things that we look for to check to see if an ancient text has been tampered with or corrupted is to see if there are other surviving copies of that text that we can use as a cross-reference for variants. Let me tell you that the Bible has the most surviving copies of any ancient document. And we can use those copies to put the text to the test for variants or corruptions. In fact, there are more than 24,000 manuscripts from all over the world that have survived, some dating back to the second century. And that means that if a variant is found in a manuscript, say from Egypt, then it can be cross-checked against a manuscript from, say, Syria. And if a variant appears in a later manuscript, then it can be compared with a much earlier manuscript to discover when the variant was introduced into the text. And by the way, this is something you can't say about any other religious text that has ever been written by man, who claim, by the way, that their text is an inspired holy text and ought to be followed. The Book of Mormon would be one of those texts. Now, the Bible is the only text that can be absolutely verified through cross-referencing of other texts. You see, it's because we can check the Bible for reliability and transmissions that we can be absolutely certain that its teaching is the same today as it was when it was written. And we can be certain that what the authors wrote 2,000 years ago is what we have today. The second thing that helps us to confirm the Bible's reliability and that it can be trusted is that there's absolutely no motive on behalf of its authors to mistrust their testimony. Jim Warner Wallace was a cold case homicide detective in Los Angeles. He wrote a book entitled Cold Case Christianity, and in it he describes how to establish a reliable witness. He says there are four critical areas we should examine before trusting an eyewitness testimony. First, Was the witness present? Secondly, has the witness been honest and accurate in the past? Thirdly, is there additional evidence for that claim? And finally, do they have motive to lie? And there are three motives that cause detectives to distrust a person's reliability in giving testimony. Lust, power, 
and greed. Well, there's absolutely no evidence that the authors of the Bible had any of those motives. In fact, they had everything to lose and nothing to gain from their testimony. Furthermore, the authors actually demonstrated the other three critical areas of establishing reliable eyewitness testimony. First, they were present. Second, they were accurate in the reporting of the significant and even the seemingly insignificant details of the reports. And thirdly, there's corroborating evidence of their claims. In fact, we know that most of the New Testament authors were put to death for their testimony and witness about Jesus Christ. I mean, after Jesus died, what did they have to gain in making up a story that he had been risen from the dead? I mean, their story would just be more reason for them to be persecuted, put in jail, and even be killed in order to silence them. Why would the authors of the New Testament tell such a story in the face of persecution unless it was true. The third reason we can trust the Bible's reliability is that the early followers of Jesus considered it to be authoritative. Now, I know some people might say, well, just because some other dude in the ancient history considered the Bible authoritative doesn't mean that it is. Okay, that's a fair observation. So let me try to explain why this is important. You see, there are all kinds of wild rumors about how the books of the Bible were collected into one text and that there may be some lost Gospels out there somewhere. But you see, most of these people are speculating from a 21st century perspective. Rather, we need to go back to what the early Christians were passing along and quoting as accurate and reliable texts of the Word of God. You see, even if we didn't have surviving copies of the biblical text today, and we do have them, I've been to Israel, I've seen those texts myself, but even if we didn't have them, hypothetically, nearly the entire New Testament could be reconstructed with quotes found in the writings of the early church fathers. You see, according to the Greek author Dan Wallace, we have more than a million quotations of the biblical text from the collections of the early church fathers. As early as 115 AD, Ignatius, a bishop of Antioch, felt the four Gospels were authentic. And by 170 AD, uh, Tatian, an, an Assyrian Christian writer and theologian of the second century, combined these four Gospels, and by 180 A.D., these four Gospels were well-established and recognized by Arrhenius, who is Bishop of Gaul, known for guiding and expanding Christian communities and combating heresy in the ancient world. You see, these early fathers are one way of assuring that we haven't lost any Gospels. The New Testament scholar F.F. F. Bruce says that the canonization of the scriptures, in other words, the process of recognizing which books of the Bible were considered scripture, is important in establishing its authority. Bruce says, the first ecclesiastical councils to classify the canonical books were both held in North Africa, Africa at Hippo Regius in 393 and at Carthage in 397. But what these councils did was not to impose something new upon the Christian communities, but to codify what was already the general practice of these communities. 
And what does that mean? Well, to codify means to organize or to arrange something systematically. And then to add to that, around 140 AD, a man named Marion, who was considered to be heretical, wrote his own canon or document. And so some of the early church fathers, like Arrhenius, gave a defense of the scripture against Marcion. And he said that Marcion had, quote, mutilated the gospel by his removal of certain texts. And so from this, we can see that the church had already begun to address the issue of canonization 160 years before the time of Emperor Constantine, who became a Christian, who convened the Council of Nicaea, out of which we get the Nicene Greek Creed, a defining statement of belief that Christianity adheres to, and which affirms the authority and reliability of the scriptures. Wow. So, instead of just ignoring and ignorantly rejecting the scriptures outright as not being authoritative or reliable for us today, well, maybe we should take some time to understand the process of how they were handed down to us over the generations, as well as the trustworthiness of its authors. And if we do, we'll discover there isn't any evidence to lead us to distrust the Bible. I, for one, believe that the Bible to be true and reliable from Genesis to Revelation, and I'm staking my life on the truth that I read in it every single day. And I hope you will too. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week.